Hello, everybody, and welcome to Gameology. This is our spin-off series, Make It or Break It, where we listen to Attila's game dev ideas, and we scrutinize them. Pros, cons, what's good, what's crap. I'm one of your permanent co-hosts, Matthew Falvey, and I'm joined by... Attila, Gabriel Brunieski. All right, Attila, what do we got on the docket? So I'm still going in alphabetical order, so they're all going to start with B this week. Okay. Uh, the first one I have here is called Bisector. So a number of targets appear on the screen, and you must hit a button, which slows down time. So it's already I'm getting kind of like a Fruit Ninja inspiration, although I've never actually played Fruit Ninja. Uh, as time is slowed, you must create as few lines as you can, which bisect all the targets. The closer you can hit to the center, the more points you get. Again, I think that's the way Fruit Ninja works. Um, on more difficult levels, you have multiple strokes uh, to the line where the end point for the previous one becomes the starting point for the next one. So you can, you're can you drawing a continuous line, it just might change the angle. So again, sort of another like mini-game, execution-based style puzzle kind of thing. So a puzzle, you're trying to do it in the least amount of lines, so it's sort of geometry-based. Yeah, the least amount of lines, the most precise, like the way the line will go through the center of as many points as possible. So presumably because you can control when you start and stop time, Mm -hmm. you want to see the targets all go up in the air and find the ideal point where they kind of, like obviously any, you can form a straight line between any two points. So no challenge there. But when you have like three or four targets, you want to see like, is there at any point where they form a straight line and then that's when you want to hit the slow down time button and draw your line to try and bisect them as best as possible. Are you able to cycle through the different frames of time or is it only, you can only pause as it goes forward and you can't go backwards? I think the idea that I had here is more that time slows down. It's not like it pauses because obviously, yeah, you could sort of like iterate to find the most ideal frame when everything lines up. It would be like your sort of time is slowly advancing forward. So if anything, you want to, I guess, time the sweet spot to freeze time before things fall into the ideal state. Yeah, I would feel like I'd want to have the ability to replay it and kind of come up with the... Because I think if you're trying... If I was trying to find the perfect mathematical method to get it the most efficient, I'd, I'd want multiple pass-throughs of it and be able to really pour over it. I'd, I'd want the ability to go back and forth frame by frame, yeah. almost like scrubbing through an, a video of editing. I think that the way I had this in mind is that it is level-based, but it's not necessarily giving you the freedom to rewind as much as like if you missed it, restart. Oh, okay. So you, you, can can only, imagine, you can always go back. Yeah, like you can imagine the layout for this game being something like you've got a you know pause button in the corner, you've got a freeze time button right handy where your finger can hit it, maybe near the middle bottom of your screen. You hit the button and then you sort of swipe. I don't know if this was, it probably was intended as a kind of mobile game because with the ability to sort of like slow down time, you can be a more, like make a more precise stroke yeah. with your fingers. But at the same time, if your fingers are kind of blocking the screen, I'm not sure how well that would work. Um if you're trying to be really precise. It does it does feel like a mobile game right off the bat because you could go you could give one attempt in two seconds, five seconds, yeah. right? But you, but it also has the ability to keep going back to it and trying to better your score on the ones that you've already completed, you know, compete against your friends kind of thing who can do it in the least amount of time, that yeah. kind of thing. I think that it's got a lot of potential. Like you, I haven't played Fruit Ninja, so I don't know if we're just describing Fruit Ninja in many ways and then going, hey, that one actually might be successful. 
Yeah, well, I've, you know, if I've if I've redesigned Fruit Ninja based on the video footage I've seen of other people f- playing Fruit Ninja, and this is just my subconscious compilation of their original design document, then you know, clearly I must have struck on something. So is that a is that a make it from you? Yeah, I'd say make it. I like math. I like angles. I like how quick and easy you could drop in. Seems like something simple you could get. Th- like if you made it just challenging enough to sort of progress is it is there a fail state like is it you have to do it in this amount of time to get through each level and then you can go back and then level up not level up but try to perfect it (laughs) i would imagine that you know i said that you get more points if you hit towards the center i imagine that the way i would construct this is that there's a score threshold you have to get um to clear level like if you clip like 10% off of one circle and then 25% off another, you probably don't earn enough points. But as long as you get like roughly close to the midpoint on two circles and maybe miss a little on the third, you're close enough to getting a passing score for that level. And then it is just sort of trying to appeal to the like perfectionist crowd of like how exact can you get any single level. And it would be really neat if... um, the, as the sort of targets fly up and fall back down, the arcs that they travel in lend themselves to, like, maybe there's one really obvious point where it seems like that's the best way to line up at least, like, three out of four targets, but then there's some point near as they, like, sort of cascade to the bottom. And heck, they don't necessarily have to obey gravity either. Like, they could, like, one could be traveling on a sine curve, one of them could be traveling on a tangent line, mm-hmm. um, you know. Or Let's they throw could, more uh... math into it, why not? Or you could have it so they um, form various images at certain points too, and then people can freeze frame them, and it looks like a face or you know anything really. That could be kind of a fun thing. Or you could even have. Uh, I'd want it if there were multiple endings, even if it, even if it was just like a simple mobile game where you just wrote an ending, something silly like you you did it the minimum, the world still ended, you lose, and then just have a progressive through there, like you save the world and you colonize Mars, all with your line drawing abilities. That would be an interesting theming. Not impossible, you know. No, um, just a page of text. <laughs> so yeah, I think this one gets it a, gets a make it for me as well. It just, especially in terms of something that's simple, very likely to be a mobile experience. Mm-hmm. Um, not something you'd play with a controller. I think this is something you either have to play with touch input or a mouse. Although yeah. I'd love to see someone try. You know, you could yeah. Always I mean, give it a the, shot. the ability to. To freeze the time means you don't necessarily have to be super accurate. You could use a, a joystick if someone really wanted to play it. But yeah, it definitely seems like a mobile game first and maybe like a, a you know a cheaper Steam game second. <laughs> or free, let's face it, like Flash game kind of thing. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've both given our judgment on Bisector. Let's move on to Boolean Bash. Boolean? Boolean, as in like 0-1, true-false. Oh, I thought we were talking B-O-O-L. about soup bases. Nope, bool, B-O-O-L. So this one, <laughs> the entire design document is like two, arguably arguably just two sentences. Okay, 2048 type game. Tiles are made of binary numbers, and you can swipe them together using logic operators. So that's not and and or. Uh also XOR and one of the other ones. Uh, the game is objective-based, not about, not just about getting a high score. So I don't understand this. Is this a coding <laughs> game? Yeah. Um, okay. 
So let's say you have a quick, quick lesson on logic here. When you have something that is true and you take the opposite of it, that's false. So that's your not operation. You turn a zero into a one and a one into a zero. Okay. Um, when you have a pair of two things, when you have a zero and a one, only one of them is true so that it equates to being false. Like overall, when you evaluate that, it's false because okay. unless both things are true, that's only if you have two ones does it continue to be a one. Um, whereas if you have an or statement that's more lenient and that says if you have a zero or a one, then it equates to being true. So it's a one. Um, so you can imagine that if you had a pattern of say zero, one, zero, yeah. and you ord that with one, zero, one, you have a zero in the first pattern, uh, and a one in the second pattern in the first position. So because they or together, that ends up being a one. Same with the second position, same with the third position. So zero one zero and one zero one or to become one one one. So if you're if you have different tiles that all have these little bit strings on them of like zeros and ones, mm -hmm. and you started oring them together, anding them together, the other thing you can do is just straight up appending them together. So if you have zero zero and one one, you can append to get zero zero one one, like all together. Um so this is like for the intensely logical-minded uh, people who like puzzles <laughs> and logical operation. People, people, basically, people who like discrete math and yeah. didn't take discrete math and hate discrete math. And that's probably not many people. Well, although that crowd is a small section of the ones that play games, that crowd... I bet you a large section of that crowd do play games. It's definitely... So it's a strong think, niche. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's one of those like sort of marketing situations where... I tried to make this that sound game, like a true or false statement. Yeah. This game has a very large appeal for a very particular market. It's not, yeah. it's not a broad appeal over a large market, but the people who like logic and thinking in this way would probably really enjoy playing this. So you can imagine... The way a level would be structured is you have a sort of target of what you need to make at the top, yeah. uh, and then you have these different tiles on the screen, and you can either, like, you select which operation you want to do, the sort of the not, the flipping of the bits, the oring, the anding, the appending. Uh, you can do operations called bit shifting, where you uh, literally, like, zero, one, zero becomes one, zero, zero. Like, you can shift the bits left or right. So there's a lot of different logical operations that you could use, and you could limit which operations people are allowed to use on different levels. Mm -hmm. So you'd be able to move the tiles around and construct the sort of end state, the ending tile. Which In, uh, case, in case OR is OP. <laughs> yeah, well, it, OR is useful until you're trying to make something that has zeros in it. And then if you start oring everything together, then you're only going to end up with more and more ones. And you can't, uh, you know, you, you'd want to start using some knots in there and some ands, maybe shift the bits over. It's, uh, <laughs> anyway. So it's, it's, so, for, it's for people that 
coders that have been coding maybe 12, 14 hours a day, and they want to relax. And they're still not tired of it. <laughs> some more coding. Just relax with this. Now, this is, uh, I think this is one of those things that like, makes a lot more sense if you're really into it. And also, when it's explained, can cause someone like me to have the eye. It's like when someone explains a board, a new board game to me mm-hmm. or a new game and you're like, uh, let's just play it and show me as it goes. I don't want to yeah. hear any more rules and have exactly. it. I do like that. It's, it's unique. I like that. It's very simple in a way. It's kind of like Sudoku, but much more advanced where you're yeah. thinking of multiple numbers at once. You know that there's a crowd for number puzzles. The great thing about it is that it's, you could be, you could play it like on paper. You could play it yeah. in any kind of medium. And you could basically generate an infinite amount of them once you come up with a nice algorithm for it. Absolutely. This definitely falls into like one of the kind of games that I would criticize for being so easy to create that a computer can generate them faster than a user could solve them. Yes. So, you know, I don't think that it's the kind, ironically, I don't think it's the kind of game that I would play for very long, you know? Um, but I think that it's the kind of game that anyone who likes Sudoku, anyone who likes chess puzzles, but is um, willing to sort of look at the underlying logic for these puzzles, because um, mm-hmm. you know it's a it's a more sort of true representation of how the computer is uh, like the zeros and ones that run underneath everything. So I don't know. I think that this gets a make it from me. What about you? I don't like these kind of games, but I like that it's like I would have zero interest in it. I don't like Sudoku. Fair. That's fair. I don't like uh, me neither. I don't. <laughs> I don't. It's like or wrapping my head around this or and or plus minus. Maybe if I saw it in action, it would make more sense. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I'd buy it. But I think that it has potential as something like you say that you could simply make and could become this never ending game of, uh, you know, in your case. So it could be worth finishing off, like even a very simple sort of prototype of it and see what it does. You know, you wouldn't need uh, a lot of graphics with it. It wouldn't be just, no, there's literally nothing, just zeros and ones and then symbols for the, which, you know, would be nice is that I think the kind of people that would be into it would appreciate that you could make this game so small and it would load so fast and he could even run in the background. It wouldn't consume any battery. In fact, you could probably have it reconfigure. It'll clean up the garbage in your phone. It'll delete temp, temp files for you. And then, and then Attila can put in some kill switch that controls everyone's phone. Um, so is that a make it or break it? I'm going to say if it doesn't take you too much effort to make it, make it so. Okay. Yeah, I think this definitely falls into the category of... Um, a game that I can see people liking, but overall, it's not necessarily a game that I would take the time to make solely because, you know, as you said, it's a game that you can see the appeal of, but that you wouldn't want to play yourself. Yeah. I feel like it's the same way for me. Like if somebody else made this, I'd probably tinker with it for about five minutes and then get rid of it off my phone. Because, you know, once I've sort of got the feel of the type of puzzles, you know, you can only play something like 2048 or Sudoku for so long when you're just like, okay, well been there done that um so i'm not saying that i'd personally get around to making this one but i think that there are people who would like this so speaking as a creator i think it deserves to be made we're being generous this time what do you think should we do a third one yeah let's do it 
Okay, so the uh, the third game that I had set up for today is actually one that I had inspired by... Uh, this comes from a dream, actually. It's um, Every once in a while, I do, like, I have dreams about game design ideas. Uh, sometimes something from my dreams will inspire a game design. Sometimes I will literally be designing about, uh, like, dreaming about a game design. And I think this is one of those cases. Um, the idea is called Bribery Race. Remember I said they'd all start with B this week. Uh, so every contestant has various stats for like how quickly they'll move in a race. They also have, have an amount of cash they can use to alter the racetrack in their favor. So that's why it's called bribery. Like you can imagine different characters throwing money around to like uh, make like cantrips drop on a racetrack, or I guess it's sort of like real-time using money to buy items and mess up your opponent's Mario Kart style. So you'd be playing... You would be trying to make your... Just one win? Make your character, your chosen character, win by using your money to mess other players up. Okay. So you're real. You're affecting, and you're doing this real time. So you're sort of like setting traps, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, it would be. It would be. Yeah, and that's that's the thing where I feel like this made more sense in a dream than it did in real life. <laughs> it was like how, how, you know, it might be that the characters race autonomously along a track, yeah. like a racehorse kind of track, and then your control as a player is using a cursor on the track to like drop traps on your opponent's tracks or drop boosts for your character. Yeah, that's I I thought of it as sort of like a horse race. It made me think of this yeah. that old dice game horse race where you 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 make bets and then you just roll dice and uh there's not really a lot of skill to it. You're just kind of putting money on it. So this way you're influencing it as it goes. So it becomes more of a trap game rather than like a guessing game. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, but you're trying to just make one win. So you could maybe put a bad trap down. They somehow dodge. If you could make it in a way that feels like you make a poor decision and the the opposition dodges it and then you hit yourself with the trap, but in a way that doesn't feel cheap, like you had no control over it because you don't control your character, your chosen horse. So it would have to be done in a way that, that takes skill rather than luck. The more skill yeah, it's, in that game, I would find it more interesting. I think that um, one thing you might be able to do is map it. Like if you had a full controller that you're using to play this, or even if you're playing it with mouse and keyboard, if you were using your mouse to move around the track and place items yeah. and such, maybe you have a few other keys that are mapped to, um, if not necessarily having complete control of your character, because trying to move while also using a cursor to place things is a little brain bending that could be fun though it could be definitely uh especially if they were dropping traps on you as well yeah so that's definitely one way that you could make it the other thing is you might just have a button that either like starts and stops your character so that like if you see a trap like moving back and forth in front of you you might tell your character to stop and then when it moves out of the way you tell them to go again so they go past it or maybe you have a button that controls like uh, their speed, so you can like on a sort of a gradient, like how fast they're going forwards or backwards. You can sort of curtail their speed down to a stop, so that they're yeah. going to avoid obstacles, like that sort of thing. Well, you just have the arrow keys controlling. Sort of, if it has like a constant velocity, 
Yeah. So you're just steering it left and right like a boat. And then you could yeah. use the up and down to, like you say, slow down. So you'd only really need to worry about three because they'd kind of have a... You're not ever going to make them going to go faster. You can just sort of push a brake left and right mm-hmm. while the mouse is dropping traps. That would be really fun. It's kind of like tower defense racing. Yeah, and then is, and if you had a, even so, more cool when you phrase it that way. So if they were if they were also throwing down traps as well, like it was sort of like you against. There's like you're thinking of like in the future, rich corporations yeah. have races, and then they throw they're like racing robots or something. Yeah, and everyone's throwing traps at each other. That could be kind of fun. Yeah, and then you have um, I had two character examples here. One is called the fat cat that moves relatively slowly but has lots of cash that they have at their disposal. Right. And the other one, because I probably woke up very early in the morning to write this down, is just called Honest Ed, who brings no money into the race, but he can pick it up and use it. <laughs> okay. Which, of course, like here, growing up here in Toronto, we had the store called Honest Ed's, mm-hmm. which was a sort of thrift mega store. Thrift it's kind of crazy. It's like a... It's a like a dollar store, but the size of a department store. It was really worth seeing yeah. before it got, uh, I think it's been torn down now. I think yeah, they did. Put yeah, condos they... up. And it had a lot of like something. sort of circusy, um, circusy marketing behind it. Oh but yeah, yeah man. very eccentric. Uh, yeah, I would go tower defense racing, and I, I would actually prefer to be racing and dropping traps at the same time. Because tower, I love tower defense. Tower Defense is great, works great on mobile. But then if you were going to put that on mobile, not like every game, one of these games has to be on mobile. How would you control them at the same time? I have no idea. I think this is one that really works best with mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Um, just so you have independent control of like one hand controlling the racer and one hand controlling the mouse cursor, I think it would be very difficult to try. Like I can imagine playing this game um, maybe just using a mouse, maybe just using a controller, but I can't think of a great way off the top of my head that this would control well um, using a, uh, like a touch just screen. a touch screen, yeah, yeah. Like unless, without well, unless any you, buttons. I don't know how to program for uh, touch screens. Can you have it in a way so that the controls and on the say the bottom left portion of the screen could be a touch screen D pad, which is never really the good way to go to ape those controls. But if you could, you have it so that that would be separate from it tracking the pointing. Like a, oh yeah, I mean like you you can have. Um, the different zones of the screen like that's multi-touch right right so you can definitely do that you can also even work in like maybe the touch screen is where you're placing the traps and then gyro allows you to control just because we're throwing other subpar control i I thought of gyro but then i but the thing with gyro is while you're controlling now you have to tilt your head so you can see everything yeah it's not great it that's that's why I said way back when that gyro, I think, is best used for aesthetic things like making stars twirl in a star field when you're on a menu, but not not ideal as a means of actually controlling a character, unless it's really subtle, unless very small changes end up having the effect, in which case, but just... Yeah. But, then you're, but then you're playing on a bus. Ah, yeah. <laughs> controls are going everywhere. Super well. If it was a top-down view, then you wouldn't have to tilt your head really for to mess around with the gyro. The way yeah. I see it is like top-down, uh, like almost like remote control uh, race car yeah. track. Yeah, or even some sort of like isometric view, like the character is like racing towards or like racing into the camera, and then you're placing things into the distance. Mm. So something like that. Um, anyway, I I like the way you phrased it. The uh, like tower defense racing. Yeah. Uh, I think that. Uh, 
What do you think? Are we going to have to give this one another make it? Yeah, a mouse and keyboard, flash-based <laughs> tower defense yeah, I guess racing. It probably have to be, like, if you're playing against another human player, it'd have to be networked. So something that you all connect together and play so that everyone has their own mouse and keyboard to operate with. And that's why it might actually yeah. be more interesting to try and map it to a controller if possible, just because then everyone can play on one machine. That's true, yep. Yeah. I mean, you have the, you could easily do it with dual sticks. Mm. I like the Something idea like of, of, of dual stick controls, and I, I'd like to see more of it. I think that it's a really fun sort of brain splitter. Yeah, like one of the, the RGB game that we talked about last time. Yeah, I like the idea of that one too. So, uh, what make with, it. like, yeah nice easy for you to say all right yeah i'm giving this one a make it as well um now obviously we've given so many of these games now the seal of approval (laughs) that there's no way i'd have time to make all these myself yeah so my idea is that once we have a couple more episodes of this make it or break it show come out i'd like to host a game jam on itch.io where people can take ideas from the show and run with them try to Mm -hmm. make something based off of these bare bones ideas that i've thrown out there um you know bonus points if you try to make something out of one of the ones we've designated as break it Mm -hmm. and um i haven't got like all the ideas sort of concrete uh just yet but i'm thinking that you know i'll probably throw in a couple steam keys for zarnok fortress for anyone who participates or anyone who is acknowledged. Um, I don't want to say like the winner of the jam, because that's not the point of a game jam. The point yeah. of the game jam is to make something fun. So that's why I said participation. Yeah. Um, but you know, if, if there's like one game that really all the jam participants think like, hey, this one's particularly great, then maybe I'll try to come up with something special for that particular person. Um, but yeah, so these uh, we're going to be recording Make It or Break It interspersed with the show with gameology so look forward to more episodes and more details and perhaps sometime in the new year you can look forward to a make it or break it game jam exciting stuff maybe i can be there to uh to throw down a couple tracks for the game jam i've always wanted to participate in one of those as a composer nice that would be great well there you go so that's it eh yeah that's it that's it for this one all right, you can find me on Twitter at GameThinkTalk and a 90skid.com and the official 90skid YouTube channel. And Attila? You can follow me on Twitter at BluishGreenPro or at my personal handle, which is Attila Gabriel. You can also visit BluishGreenProductions.com where you can submit uh, ideas for the show and uh, for these Make It or Break It episodes if you want people um, for the exchange of having your game design idea read aloud to everyone we can critique it and a little bit of advice on whether the idea should be a make it or a break it yeah or um ask uh put in your feedback on which ones you think we're crazy you think we're too easy going on these who knows we will read some feedback we want to know what you think thanks everybody that has listened reviews help sharing it helps bye for now bye bye